we are connecting you to the radio show. We're going to finish up the 30 minutes on the radio show, and then I'm going to do a special um, extended teaching on understanding kingdom privileges. Welcome to the program. Nightmoodshdq at gmail.com is how you can connect with me. Welcome back in to Nightmoods HDQ. It's Michael here inside the lab on a Monday night, joining all of the night owls on the channels, paying attention to tonight here at the bridge, drawing in inspiration, and then I'm going to be doing a special teaching on understanding kingdom privilege. So this is your moment. If you want to get this podcast, you can go Google search and find Night Moods HDQ on all your favorite channels. And that includes now Radio Public, Spotify, iHeart, Apple, Google, Samsung, TuneIn Radio. Because I'm going to be leaving you on the radio, but going all in. So this is the time that you may want to send an email or connect to our social media platforms to get the links to the YouTube channels and or join in, subscribe to many of our podcast channels. Now, saying all that, um, we're here at the bridge and, you know, it's like, it's almost redundant. But then again, it's good because life could be considered redundant if you are living the mundane meaning you get up in the morning you go to work before you go to work you handle your hygiene after you handle your hygiene you may grab your coffee you may grab your breakfast Um, if you are married you're with your spouse Um, you make all that happen you travel you go to work you put in work you do lunch you come back from lunch you put in work you take a break you come back to work you leave work, you go home. In between home is activities. So those activities may be three to four hours, five hours. You spend three of those hours on your social media gadgets because you are the new generation that you can't be separated from your, your gadgets. You may jump on the news channels, watch your local news, make sure you get the weather report. Um, you may spend some time with your spouse, girlfriend, and then you call a night, go to bed. Wake up, do the same thing over and over and over again. That is the mundane I'm talking about. Now, it, it can flip if you're second shift. It can flip flip if you're third shift. But here's the problem. In your daily living, your daily activities, your daily exercises, how many of you honestly are connecting, cooperating, plugging in your brain to the power of the Holy Spirit? to the understanding, to the functionality and the purposes that your Heavenly Father placed inside your heart a portion of His essence. And that portion is 100% wired up in the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you truthfully can raise your hand, look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I do this. And I add my life to my cooperation to the Holy Spirit. Or, you know, frankly, let's be honest, Night Owls, how many of you are like, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of cavalier in that. I may not know what you're talking about. Maybe I'm not even heard about the Holy Spirit because my church doesn't teach about the Holy Spirit who happens to be remanded to the earth 
for every one of your benefit. So it behooves me why the church does not even place any, any principle teachings to the power, the functionality, the purposes, responsibilities to the Holy Spirit, who is remanded. And he is the reason why you can hear and see the presence of the kingdom of heaven. He's the reason why you can enter. And so here at the bridge, and I'm going to watch my time here because the radio, you're going to lose me. And I'm going to hopefully cue out music and continue on the podcast. So you want to make sure that you are paying close attention to the podcast. Because there are four protocols that Jesus teaches in the book of John. Now, you, you understand that I only bring to you kingdom intelligence, kingdom administration, kingdom theology, because this is what Jesus brought to the earth realm when he was born of a virgin. The records testify to this in the scriptures to the very thing that he returned and brought to earth. Matthew 3, 2, Matthew 4, 17, and then Matthew 23 and Matthew 24, he begins to break down teaching, preaching, and demonstrating the power of what? The good news of the gospel. The good news is that the kingdom of heaven has returned. That's the good news. So I'm going to go all in on a special episode tonight. So I want you to grab your notes. I want you to get your Bibles. I'm going to be moving and grooving, spiritually speaking, through the deconstruction of these four protocols. Um, there may be a small break in the middle of this, but rest assured you on you night Owls, on the radio, you may want to get to the podcast channels and link in real quick so that you get the download after midnight. It is 11.40 Central Standard Time, so after midnight, maybe 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, depending on where you're at, a couple hours after the radio show is off the air, then there'll be the download of the radio show, and then the podcast will upload before Tuesday morning. So we're here at the bridge. We're crossing over. It is a special time to cross over. And my other question is, for some, was the first question of how do you understand your connection, cooperation to whom the Heavenly Father is placed in your heart, in your mundane life, even in your life that is not the same every day? Do you apply yourself in Him before you apply yourself in the life? That may be something you may want to find an, a good answer to between you and your Heavenly Father. Because this, this is a game changer. It has always been the game changer. It has always been in the scriptures. It has never not been in the scriptures. But this has always been glossed over. So we're coming through this. And uh, I'm going to look through John chapter 15. Now, if you've heard me teach this in the church. Oh, my wife is probably listening like, oh, he's going there again. Because there are many of you who haven't heard about the kingdom. There may have be many of uh, you who may not have been introduced or understand 
what is this kingdom of heaven all about and how do you live in the kingdom of heaven because I've always been taught and told about Christianity my question to that is what did Jesus bring to earth a kingdom or a religion now with your Bibles with your notes your notepads your scriptures any type of piece of paper let's begin to deconstruct so I'm talking about understanding kingdom privilege but you need to understand kingdom privilege as a son in the first position your first position after born again is not your stewardship excuse me your servanthood your first position in the kingdom when you become born again is to live in the best way that you can possibly live as as a son and or a daughter so when I talk about sonship I am including all the daughters of God here's a mouthful it's like redirect everything in front of me I want to make sure I got everything I need up because I'm gonna move a little fast because I know that we're up against a short amount of time on the show here sonship um, has been released to us through Jesus in John chapter 14 and John chapter 3 but it was broken down in the Gospels through the epistle I'm sorry broken down in the epistles through Apostle Paul primarily speaking but Jesus exemplified being a son right before his followers and the disciples this is why I share I remind folks study the Gospels now I've had debates over the past not debates I've had um, disagreements with ministers regarding the Pauline ministries the Pauline epistles the Peter epistles but I, I remind them, as I'm going to remind you now, what did Jesus say to do in the, in the three synoptic Gospels? Because John doesn't give us the revelation that Mark Luke, and Mark, Luke, and Matthew give us. Go out and share my Gospels. The good news of what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, the first position that you have to fully wake up be aware behold possess identify to is that you become a son to your Heavenly Father again I preface this when I talk about being a son I am NOT leaving out our daughters his daughter excuse me I am NOT leaving out our sisters in Christ I'm including our sisters in Christ when I talk about sonship so where do I want to go with this? Um, your first position. Sonship given, given to us is the relationship between a son and creator. Sonship. Now that relationship draws out of reciprocating love. Understanding love language. Understanding love language by position and proximity and you cannot understand love language outside of the kingdom you can't study your way into love language because love language has everything to do with relationship and in relationship I bring it into the natural setting 
we learn the love of our parents primarily through the action of the, the being held in the bosom of our, our mother when we're being breastfed, being held by our, our, our father. For those of you who have both mom and dad, when you go back into your youth, taking care of you. And if you didn't have mom or if you didn't have dad, you had one parent playing the role of another part. And so you primarily got activation and love through action and then verbally. Now, when love begins to wane is when the non-verbal or the negative words begin to diminish the impact of, of the love of the natural parent. And that is the relationship of being a son or a daughter to your mom and dad. A child gleans on every word of their parent. And the sharp tongue of a parent can diminish the emotional connection. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. And now let's talk about this from our Heavenly Father point of view. Because he is, oh, on this wall over here, I have, he has the right to imitate the first move. That's my, my general wall. My general wall over there to the right. He has the right to first move. Now we understand, or we know, we understand, we think about love because Father first loved us. And so in first loving us, he wants love in return. And so the example is set up through Jesus. And he brings this down, this is beautiful, because I have to go back into John chapter 14. Now, sonship. And then I'm going to get into four protocols, and I think you're going to miss out on this. So we're not going to go to a break, I don't think, just because I don't want to miss, have you miss out on the opportunity. Sonship has everything to do with relationship between us and our Heavenly Father. Period. No, Jesus, Jesus is not the Father. Understand, study your scriptures. He refers to the Father over and over and over. He doesn't refer to himself as the Father. He refers to him, his father as being mightier than himself. He refers to him as the father. And let's go into John chapter 14. I want you to break this down. I want to break this down, deconstruct this for you. And then I'm going to get into the four protocols. Four protocols that's going to help you to understand the importance, the power of sonship and what that opens up for you. Um, there are disciples, Thomas and Philip, asking questions before the Last Supper in John chapter 14. In the asking of questions, Jesus begins to unpack and unveil sonship before them, verbally. Now, throughout them following and him discipling, he was showing them relationship between he and the Father. John chapter 14 and verse 8, he begins to break down relationship. So, Philip says to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. See, they wanted to see the Father because they have only heard in the Torah, in the Mosaic law, the Abrahamic law, 
about Heavenly Father showing himself from time to time. So I don't know if they were confused, but they longed to see the Heavenly Father because they knew of certain prophets that engaged and had an encounter with Heavenly Father. We, and we know Moses being one of those. Moses, take off your shoes. The place where you're standing, because I'm here, is holy ground. Moses wanted to see the Father. What did the Father say to Moses? You can't see my a full. You can't see me front on in in so many words, but I will pass by you, and you can see my my rear. The glory. Philip says to Jesus, "Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us." And Jesus begins to build his case about relationship, and I and he says to Philip, "Am I with you so long a time that you have not known me, Philip?" The one who has seen me has seen the Father. Why? Because he is the DNA of his Heavenly Father. So if you have a son, whether I'm a junior, so everywhere I go, primarily in this county, because of the name of that I carry and the work that my dad put in, my natural dad put in, uh, Jill will tell you, everyone will say, oh, you're Michael, son. You look just like him. Now, the craziest thing is I will be traveling. We were in South Carolina, and I was recognized. Oh, you're a Thomas. And I've, it was just the craziest thing. So I am the image of my natural father because I happen to look like him, and I happen to carry his same name. So I'm in the likeness of my natural dad and carry the same name as my natural dad. He is senior, I am junior. So what Jesus is telling them here, am I with you so long a time that you have not known me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Now that word, that phrase right there, confuses many people. He is in the Father, and the Father is in Him. Well, then He has to be the Father. The power of the Holy Spirit is that connection, and, and as well as the DNA of Jesus Christ, because of, of birth and connecting by the Holy Spirit. See, it's the Holy Spirit that impregnated Mary, making Jesus carrying the DNA of Heavenly Father and His mother, Mary. The only one carrying the DNA of Heavenly Father that we know of. So that is why he makes this claim. The words that I say to you, I do not speak from myself. So he claims no authority to himself. But the Father residing in me does the, his works. Now the Father residing in him is the same way that you can say the Father resides in you because of the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in you. So Jesus is telling him that he is possessed by his heavenly father's spirit. And you have to go back into John chapter 2. To understand what he is saying. When he was baptized by the Holy Spirit. So him being baptized by the Holy Spirit. Is the, is the exclamation that he is the son of God. He carries the DNA of God. The RNA and DNA of his heavenly father. In human form. 
Believe me that I am in the Father, and that the Father is in me. But if not, believe because of the works themselves. So he makes the connection again that he is in the Father, and the Father is in him because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Truly, I truly, I say to you, that one who believes in me and the works that I am doing, he will do also. And he will do greater work than these because I am going to the Father. So he's telling you that he is connected and returning to his heavenly Father. So I gave you the example that I am a like image of my natural Father. And when I became born again, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, I immediately became in the image of my heavenly Father. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. So it's not enough for you to just be saved because you have to be saved and born again. So right now, I want you to go to our Facebook page because we're gonna, I'm going to switch over into the podcast and it looks like I'm going to be doing the four protocols on the podcast side as well as our YouTube channels. So you want to be, you want to get this, you, you want to get connected and receive the understanding of the knowledge and information so that you can apply yourself to how to understand how you can live in the kingdom privileges. There's going to be four protocols that I'm going to break down. That's going to help you not only understand, but live in the culture of the kingdom. And there are privileges and many believers and more so Christians who have never been encountered in the kingdom because it has never been experienced before them. Do not understand John chapter 15 for from the four protocols that Jesus teaches how to live and what happens when you live within the confines, the parameters and the protocols of the kingdom of heaven. So I'm going to break that down. So you want to go to the social media platform, send a comment, send a, uh, an email as well, the nightmoodshdq at gmail.com. And I'm going to ask for the YouTube link, and we'll get you the YouTube link. You can go to any of the podcast channels where you'll just Google search nightmoodshdq, connect, subscribe, and you're going to get the four protocols to help you understand kingdom privilege. Your privilege begins with you understanding that you are a son to your heavenly father. And the son and daughter has a birthright. Okay? So this is now um, connection number two. Connection one is sonship. Connection two is you have to understand your birthright. So let me go over here to bring in your birthright. Your birthright begins with the understanding in John chapter 3 verse 3 through 5. So your sonship is your first position. Now your birthright comes at the very moment that you have been saved and, keyword, and born again. And Jesus has a lot to say about sonship and birthright. Now birthright, so I'm going to go back into John chapter 15. Bear with me here. Um, I want to go back into John 15. I don't want to go too far. Too far. Let's go here. John 3 and verses... Oh, this is Nicodemus. The records of Jesus' encounter with the, the scribe Nicodemus, this, this great uh, man, orator of the Torah, 
and the mosaic um, the mosaic law so here's your chance we're going to go to a short interlude ending of the show i want you to go to the podcast favorite channels subscribe you're going to get the breakdown of how to understand the kingdom privilege four protocols i'm going to get into this on the podcast side even on the youtube channels and i'm gonna see you guys again tomorrow night 10 30 right here inside the lab on the radio side of night moves hdq you guys have a wonderful night i'm gonna head over continue the work in the lab you may want to be a part of this one take care So coming out of that, now we got some work to do. Now we got some work to do because this is going to get really interesting. Um, Nicodemus says a, 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 a very important person in his age, a teacher of the law. John chapter 3, verse 1 through verse 5. I want you to pay attention. I'm going to like kind of keep my brain over here to here. I got to make sure I shut up on the, the radio show. Ten seconds away for that. Um, there was a man named, there's a man of the Pharisees. The Pharisees were a religious sect in the times of Jesus, in his generation, uh, between, uh, 300 BC, all into the second century AD. Going to close this down here. Now, verse two. Um, so I'm go back to verse one, chapter three, verse one. Now there was a man of, uh, of the Pharisees whose name was Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Verse two, this man came at Jesus at night because he, he knew something supernatural was happening and connected to Jesus. He watched Jesus from afar. He played, paid close attention to the works, the teachings, the proclamations, the works are the demonstrations, by the way, of Jesus Christ. So he was kind of caught in, in the middle of mm -hmm. the Pharisee leadership and watching the Son of God. And he was beginning to believe everything that was in manifestation through Jesus Christ. So he would come to him at night. And he would say, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. See, see what he's confirming right now? He's confirming. For no one is able to perform these signs, the works that you are performing, unless God were with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, as a matter of fact, or truly, truly, unless someone is born again, born from above, he is not able to see the kingdom of God. Now, I want to stop there. This is your birthright. Part of your birthright, because you have two parts. The first part is, unless this would, from the words of Jesus, this is your sonship coming into manifestation. It happens after you are born again. Truly I say to you, unless someone is born again, born from above, he is not able to see the kingdom of God. He is not able to see the the domain and rulership and authority of our sovereign Abba Father, who is king on the throne. Nicodemus says to him, how can a man be born when he is an old man? How can a man be born again when he is an old man? He is not able to enter back into his mother's womb for the second time. 
and be born, can he? Jesus answered. Here's his reply. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born of water, first part, and spirit, second part, born of water is your natural birth. Born of spirit is your Holy Spirit baptism. He is not able to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus is giving a truth because he became the example of the very thing he is saying. He was born of water through the vaginal birth of Mary. Now, born of water is, is two parts in that because you can be born of a vaginal birth and or a cesarean because you are born in water. At the time of the, 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 the sperm and the egg come together, a cellular molecular event begins to happen. Light hits, and this light is luminin. This luminin hits the egg, and supernatural manifestations of life begins. It is called luminin. You are now born in water at that moment. Now, people will be hard-pressed to have a debate about, well, when am I born? Am I born when I'm, I'm, I'm put out into the earth? Or am I born at conception? For me, you're born at conception. Jesus says, unless someone is born of water and spirit. This is the second part. First part is born again. Second part is, Unless someone is born of water and spirit, because he's connecting the natural and the spiritual, he is not able to enter the kingdom of God. Now, my question is, what is Jesus talking about? Is he talking about a present entering or a condition and time for a future moment that many believe is when you die? He doesn't say that there. So this is your birthright. John 3, 3 through 5 is your kingdom birthright. One part, you're born again. Second is two parts, is you're born of water and spirit. Sonship begins. Now, let me go back into John chapter 14 so that we can get moving on the four protocols I'm going to break down on this episode. Okay? This is crucial to your cultivating your life in Father's kingdom. How else are you supposed to live in Father's kingdom and be told that you are not of the world? You're not, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. How else are you supposed to be in the world and live as a follower of the way if you don't know the way? Now, Jesus is going to break this down because now he's going to bring them into impact of what relationship is like in Father's kingdom. So he brings this relationship to them in John chapter 15. And then there's multiple verses that talks about sonship. Um, and I'll see if I can get through the multiple verses that talk about sonship because I really want to put on uh, the deconstruction into the four protocols for you to understand. So he's talking to Philip. I'm in John chapter 14, verse 13. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do this in order that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So... Now he brings something to them. He says, and greater works that you will do because I am going back to my heavenly father. And whatever you ask in my name, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, Yeshua, in order that the father may be glorified in 
the Son. Now he talks in third person about the Father being glorified in the Son. He's literally saying the Father being glorified in me. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Underline chapter 14 and then circle uh, 13, 12, 13, 14. Look at verse 15 here. This is relationship. If you love me, this is relationship. You will keep my commandments. Now, for me, when I'm studying the scriptures, I ask questions in my Bible. So, I'm going to ask questions. I write them down in my Bible because my study time with the Holy Spirit, I ask him questions. And when you are studying the scripture, which is different from reading the scriptures, because reading just brings you information. Studying means you take the information and you apply yourself to the information, which brings about wisdom. Wisdom is truth experience. Experiencing the truth of the matter brings about wisdom. Now, you may fail at times in producing you in the truth, and that's fine. As long as you keep getting up when if you do fail. Keyword if. Verse 15 of chapter 14. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father. Now, pay attention to what Jesus is saying here. And I will ask the Father. He is not saying, I'm going to ask myself. So, I'm going to now bring another analogy. I'm not going to say, my natural father is Michael Sr. I'm Michael Jr. So, if I were to put this in first person with me and my natural father, or if I were to put this with me and my heavenly father, I would not even begin to consider. And I'm going to ask myself, and he will give you another advocate. That's not what Jesus is saying. He is talking about his relationship to the Father. He said, I'm going to go ask my Heavenly Father. And he is going to give you another advocate. This advocate, this word is called the parakletos. The parakletos is understood as a helper and intercessor. This is the Holy Spirit. This is the one of the first times in the gospel that Jesus alludes to the Holy Spirit. So he says, and I will ask the Father, he's going to ask the Father, not command the Father, but he's going to make a request, and he will give you another advocate, the Paracletos. The Paracletos is the intercessor. He stands in the gap doing what? Petitioning on your behalf when you don't know what to petition for, because now he's in a spiritual realm, having spiritual connection in one authority underneath heaven. In order that the Paracletos, the advocate, may be with you forever. Now, he now brings a second name to the Paracletos. The Paracletos is now mentioned as the spirit of truth. How important is your connection as a son and daughter in Father's kingdom? Your importance is this, that you connect to the spirit of truth. Not only do you connect because he's in your heart. He's in your heart. He possesses your heart. So now you have to bring your mind under surrender and submission to the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth. And when you bring your mind into sur to surrender, you're also bringing your body into submission so that your soul that's housed in your body is now submitted 
to the Spirit of Truth, who is the Parakletos, the ad the advocate, who is your intercessor and your help. Your mind is not your intercessor to the divine. Your soul is not your intercessor to the divine. The Spirit of God is the intercessor to His glory. Because it does not see Him. So hold on, let me go back to verse 17. The Spirit of Truth, now listen to this, whom the world is not able to receive. Whom the world is not able to receive. The world is every person outside of saved and born again filled with the Holy Spirit. Saved, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. Anything, anyone outside of being saved, born again, and filled with the Holy Spirit is in the world. So he says, whom the world is not able to receive because it does not see the Holy Spirit or know the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth. He's now referring to him as the Spirit of Truth. We understand him as the Holy Spirit. Then he says this to, his, to Philip. You know the Paracletos, the Advocate, because he resides with you and will be with you, will be in you, excuse me. He continues, I will not leave you as orphans, wayward children without a parent. An orphan is a, a child without a parent. Orphanos in the Greek. An orphan is a child without a parent, a child without a protector. The word only occurs here in John 14, 18. It's the only time he says this about being an orphanos. He will not leave you an orphan without a protector. Verse 19. He says, I am coming to you at the end of verse 18. So he reiterates that he's going to go through a crucifixion and come back and receive them as their protector. So Jesus is your protector, as well as the Holy Spirit. Yet a little, yet a little time and the world will see me no longer. So those not saved, not born again, and filled or possessed with the Holy Spirit will even not even see Jesus any longer at this time he's talking about in that generation. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father. He has returned back to his Father. And you are in me. Now, verse 20, he's talking about relationship. He's relating to his Heavenly Father. And not only does he relate to the Heavenly Father, but he also relates he and the Heavenly Father in Peter, uh, uh, Philip. Verse 20, and on that day, you will know that I am in my Heavenly Father, and you are in me. And I am in you. Verse 20 is a crucial verse that he's talking about relating. Relationship. The one who has my commandments and keeps them. That is the one who loves me. Now there's commandments, plural commandments from Jesus Christ. Which differ from the commandments in the Mosaic law. And the Levitical law. So there are specific commandments that Jesus teaches in the Gospels for you to understand. For time's sake, I want you to learn those and learn about them and then em employ yourself in understanding those commandments. And I even, I'll go as far as to say this, that the scriptures 
hold the foundations. Your Heavenly Father, Christ Jesus, continue to speak today. You understand this by the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Your spiritual senses is how he delivers what he hears. Okay? Verse 21, the one who has my commandments and keeps them, that one is the one who loves me. Hold on to this verse right here. And the one who loves me will be loved by my father. Now he's relating. He's relating through love. And I will love him and will reveal myself to the one who loves me. So now Judah, Judah begins to ask him a question. Lord, why is that you are why is it that you are going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Pay attention. Pay attention. Yeshua answered and said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him. He's drawing relation. Love is the is the common denominator in sonship. You love, you learn to love your Heavenly Father because He places in you His Spirit by which He's able to deposit love into His Spirit, which molds and begins this infernal in your heart that builds and draws this specific connection to this supernatural love that you can't find description to, but you know that there's something something glowing, something you're feeling, sensing inside of you that is not from within you. So if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. My father will love him and he will come to him. Now he says, my father will love him and we will come to him. We. Now we is Jesus and heavenly father. We is not Jesus and Jesus is the father. We is Jesus and the heavenly father coming to those who keep the commandments of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the connecting. He's the amplification. He's the amplifier. He's remanded to earth for our advantage. I'm talking about relationship, sonship, relating. And when you relate to your Heavenly Father in love, and you love His Son, and you follow the commandments of His Son, that's between you and your Heavenly Father, through Jesus, because Jesus says, no one can come to my Heavenly Father unless they go through me. So you have to relate in love to Yeshua for what he did for you, redeemed you. And when you relate to him for what he did for you and on your behalf, he opens the door for you to love your Heavenly Father because your Heavenly Father sent his spiritual son who was there in the beginning of, of creation made a made a pledge with him in, in in the time of creation to enter at a set appointed time to draw all men unto him and he began with the children of israel so when jesus came he was relating sonship to whom the children of israel first our hebrew brothers and sisters verse 24 the one who does not love me does not keep my words, and the, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. So, he's talking about his Heavenly Father who sent him. 
there's a pledge involved, a kingdom pledge. And he's talking about, now, the word that you hear is not mine, but it's the Father. So he's telling him, telling Ju Judah, Judah, that my I don't even act in my own authority because I'm acting in my Father's authority who sent me. His authority is greater than my authority. Verse 25, I'm giving you Bible so that you can head into the scriptures, study them for yourself. These things I have spoken to you while residing with you, but the advocate, he goes back to the advocate, the parakletos, the, the helper, the intercessor, comma, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will remind you of everything I said to you. Let's get into John chapter 15. Four protocols. Before we get to John chapter 15, sonship. Ephesians 1 and 5. He predestined us to adoptions as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind of intention of his will. Father predestined Gentiles because Apostle Paul is writing to the church the apostolic church, Ephesus. And he is talking the spiritual matters to this one church, Ephesus. They received all the spiritual intel in Ephesus more than they did in the, to the church of Corinth who had four letters written to them. We only have two. And all the other churches that Paul wrote to in his epistles. The church of Ephesus received the apostolic intel of the, of the heavenly kingdom, its administrations, the spiritual realms, and how to activate in the spiritual realms through yep, the letters in Ephesus. So he predestined, he predestined us to adopt as sons through the Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention, the kind intentionality of his will, of his desire. So, second one, Romans 8, 15. I got some time here, so we're going we're gonna to keep it going. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption. So this spirit of adoption comes with the Holy Spirit. So when you are saved and born again and filled with, see, all of the angels and the rankings of spirits and the administrations of the principal spirits that stand before the throne of grace, they help in the administration of Father's will and of Father's intentionality. Comma, parenthesis, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 16. Are they not ministering spirits sent to render service to the heirs of salvation? Heirs of salvation. We're getting ready to get into the four protocols that teaches you how an heir lives. Because in the kingdom, you don't just live as a son, but you live as a co-heir to Jesus Christ in Father's heavenly kingdom. Because a spirit of adoption has been appointed to each and every one who is saved, born again, and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You become a co-heir. That means co-equal in the inheritance to Jesus Christ. It's his inheritance, so we share in that common inheritance. Study your Bibles. Study to show yourself approved to your Heavenly Father. 
Romans 8 and 16. <clears throat> so I'm going to go back to 8.15, read 8.15, 8.16. I've got to get into this four protocols. This is really kind of awesome. For you have not received the spirit of slavery. See, there are spirits involved that have governing administration over the natural setting. These are principalities. These are rulers that have activation in the natural world. You just aren't privy to them because you have not been awakened or born again into the realms of the kingdom. For you have not received the spirit of slavery, spirit of slavery, leading you to fear again. So if you're dealing with fear, there's a spirit of slavery governing and ruling your household. But you have received a spirit of adoption. A kingdom spirit of adoption brings you and draws you. It draws you in <clears throat> a surety that you are a son by which we cry out Abba Father. So when you hear me calling out Abba Father or hear others calling out Abba Father because there is a spirit of adoption governing said person, man or female. The Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit, testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. So the Holy Spirit instantly testifies to Heavenly Father. <clears throat> he makes the equate in front of the presence of the kingdom, the cloud of witnesses, and to all the world setting who can't receive him, that this one is a son of God. Children of God, excuse me. Because you are sons, Galatians 4, 6, God has sent forth his Holy Spirit of his sons into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. This is why you can cry out to him, Abba, Father, because he has placed his essence into your heart. He possesses your heart. Now, there's a relation between you and Heavenly Father on the throne because you have been redeemed through Jesus Christ. No one can come to the Father unless they relate and come through me. So now you have gone through Jesus because he redeemed you. He paid the ultimate price. You've been bought and now your Heavenly Father possesses you. This is why he places his spirit in your heart. He possesses the heart. So you become Father's possession. You no longer <clears throat> can strong arm or strong will the Lord Jesus. Because your Heavenly Father possesses you. So now, John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Got to get going. See how great of love the Father has bestowed on us. That we would be called <coughs> children of God. Excuse me. So that, see how great a love that Father has bestowed on us. That we would be called. Love is bestowed on each and every one of Father's sons and daughters. So the spirit of love comes through the spirit of grace and the spirit of mercy. Beelines hit you in the heart. The Holy Spirit cries out to Abba Father, this is the one whom we love whom we have our home in him because he loved Jesus and he loves you. So we have now made a home in him. So how great the love of the Father has bestowed on us, which is that we would be called children of God. And such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. So now John <clears throat> goes back to the gospel of John in John chapter 14 and makes the relation between love and the Father and the love of the Son and they 
find their home in us because Jesus says, and we will find our place in your heart. We, me and the Heavenly Father. We, me and the Heavenly Father. So you can see me later with the Trinity. Father and the Son find their home in your heart. Now, four protocols. You may want to write these down. <clears throat> there's this word, there's a, a kingdom key called abide. I'm going to break this down. Every time you see this word abide in John chapter 15, this is a key that Jesus teaches in John chapter 15. <clears throat> Many of the church smooth gloss over this chapter. Many of the church leaders gloss over this chapter. Why? Because they have not encountered the kingdom. When you encounter the kingdom, you understand John 15 in such a different vantage point. A spiritual uh, intel jumps on you. And so now, like a magnifying, blows this up so that you understand protocols. Um, protocols is this. Let me bring this up for you. Whew, kingdom protocols, kingdom, kingdom statutes, kingdom ordinances. Okay? He gave these to Moses in the book of Exodus. Protocol is an official procedure or official system of rules governing affairs of state or diplomatic occasions. It's an original draft of a document, especially in times of a treaty, but we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is official kingdom procedure. We're talking about official systems of rules and you have to understand in the kingdom the same protocol, statutes, and ordinances that Father dropped in the lap of Moses. He then superseded them, placed them on Jesus, and Jesus began to unveil kingdom protocol, kingdom ordinances, and kingdom statutes. Father governs through love and laws. Period. I am the vine. I, my father is the vine dresser. He does not say, I am the vine and I am the vine dresser. He says, I am the vine and my father is a vine dresser. Every branch, we all are branches. Okay, so hold your hands out. You become a branch connected to the vine. The vine is Jesus. The connector, the conduit is the Holy Spirit. He's who connects you. Every branch that does not bear fruit. Every branch that does not put on display fruit. Put on display Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. That's the fruit. In me, he removes the branch. And every branch that bears the fruit of the Holy Spirit, Father prunes the branch in order that it may bear more fruit. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit is supposed to increase in the children of God. Faith to faith, glory to glory, ever increasing because the government has no end and the peace has no end. You are already claimed because of the word that I said to you. Now, this word remain, chapter 15, verse 4. Remain means to abide, await, wait for. He says, abide in me, remain in me, and I in you. This is the first protocol. Abide in me, and I abide in you. Just as the branch is not able to bear fruit from itself unless it remains in the vine. So you can't bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit unless you're connected to Jesus Christ. And the connection is the Holy Spirit. 
So the world can't bear the fruit of Jesus Christ because it doesn't have the Holy Spirit. Just as the branch is not able to bear the fruit from itself unless it remains in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Every time you see the word remain and abide, it is, he's talking about awaiting. That is a gold key. This is a protocol. First protocol is that you abide in Jesus Christ and he abides in you. Verse 5, he reminds them again, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who abides in me and I abide in him, this one bears much fruit. From apart from me, you are not able to do anything. Those are his words. If anyone does not abide, remain in me, he is thrown out as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. And this is an instrument of punishment. And when you're punished, you get burned. If you remain or abide in me, and my words remain in you. Now, this is the second protocol. He says, now, abide in my words, and they abide in you. Verse 7, he says this caveat when you do the first two abiding, first two protocols. If you, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. Now he's making the connection of relationship. When you have relationship and you abide in me and my words, you can ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. But you have to live within protocols. Protocol number three. Let's jump into just as a father. Verse nine, just as a father has loved me, I also loved you. Now remain in my love. Abide in my love. This is the third protocol. If you keep my commandments, now he brings them back to John chapter 14. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as, just as I have kept my father's commandments in my father's commandments and remain in his love. He's relating love is the factor. I have spoken these things to you in order that you may in order that my joy be in you and your joy be made complete. So when you are filled with joy, you have Jesus' joy in you. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. So he gives you the, the commandment, one of the, one of the commandments, that you love one another just as I loved you. Then 13, no one has greater love than this than to lay his life down. This is, this is sacrificial love. Okay? In a familial setting, sacrificial love is the greatest love in a familial setting. You are my friends if you do what I ask and command you. No longer do I call you slaves because you don't have the spirit of slave. Because a slave does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because everything that I have heard from my father, I have revealed to you. Then he talks about this very important thing. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And your fruit should remain, abide. This is the fourth protocol. So you have abide in him, abide in his word, abide in his love, abide in the fruit. Pay attention to what he says right here. And your fruit should remain in order that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. There it is. Four protocols. When you live in within these four protocols, they make a doorway. A door opens up. Psalms 24, verse 7. 
here's your understanding of how to live in the kingdom privilege. 